Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to try to finish up Proverbs chapter 4 tonight. Uh, We're going to start with verse 14, the two paths. And um, it's interesting that this idea of two paths is in the scripture uh, all the way through. It is a choice that we have to make. And uh, we just start in verse 14. It says, Enter not into the path of wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. And so, again, we have a little section here uh, of, the, of chapter 4, and this part talks about the two ways. If we go back to verse 1, just to keep the entire uh, uh, A context of the entire chapter, it is, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. He's saying, I'm giving you direction here, and path of the wicked, go not in the way, avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, pass away. You know, a lot of people get in deep trouble just because they got close. You know, it, it tells us here, it takes a very, um, uh, you can't get any stronger than what it's saying. You don't enter the path of the wicked. You don't go the way of evil men or some uh, connections here with Proverbs chapter 1. But verse 15 says, avoid it, pass not by it, and pa- uh, turn from it. And pass away. Now, the idea here is don't go anywhere near it. Um, Years ago, I remember watching some, it was some news special, and the news lady decided to do a special on the fact that she was trying to quit smoking. And it was the fall of the year, and one of her neighbors was burning leaves, and she said, I just stood by the pile of burning leaves to smell the smoke. And you're sitting here going, you know, that is really not the way to quit smoking now, is it? And the ideal here is in this passage, don't walk past. You know, some people, the Bible says, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And sometimes we know in our heart that we ought not do such a thing. We know the Bible says we shouldn't do this. We don't want to do this, but we figure, well, we'll just get close enough that we can smell the smoke. Uh, That's what this passage is telling us not to do. Purposefully direct your feet away from the path of wicked men. Don't go near it. Because the thing that you don't understand 
And every once in a while, someone will come up and say, Pastor, I just can't believe that people will do these things. I can't believe people will behave this way. Well, look what it says here about the wicked. It says in verse 16 that they sleep not, except they've done mischief. Now, how many of you have done something wrong and it kept you awake? Well, this is the opposite. If they haven't done something wrong, they can't rest. It's part of their personage. It says, they sleep not. Their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. This is, we, we know this rule from uh, health class when you're in fifth or sixth grade. You are what you eat. Isn't that true? Well, Solomon knew that when he was writing these directions. He said they eat the bread of wickedness. They drink the wine of violence, the very essence of their being. Don't be surprised when sinners sin. But don't walk in the way with them. Your way should be different. It Don't go there. Every part of your life. Now look, here's the contrast, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Now, this is what God wants to do with your life, with my life. He wants to make us a light that others can see by, that will guide others in the right way. That's why it's such a horrible thing when when a pastor or someone who's been serving the Lord a long time turns out of the way. Because people are following. And he says, I want your light to shine more and more. It ought to get more righteous. It ought to encourage people to make a wider uh, division between them and the world. To keep walking in that. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not what they stumble. Now you'll notice here, and this may be a... Small point to some of you, but it's really not. It's a big one. It doesn't say the way of the wicked is darkness. It says as darkness. Now what that means is they know where they're going. They know what they're doing. Sometimes wicked people make a lot of sense. In fact, Jesus said sometimes the Children of this world are wiser than the children of light. But it says they know not at what they stumble. How many of you have ever walked through a dark room and you're just too lazy to turn on the lights? And you stubbed your toe. Okay? The wicked do this all the time. In fact, they keep doing it over and over and over again, and they don't know why. You know, if you would ask some of these Hollywood people, why, why have you had eight marriages? Why, well, I don't know. It just didn't work out. The way of the wicked is it's darkness. They know not at what they stumble. They don't know how to avoid the problems. Why would you want to walk with them? Why would you want to walk in their path 
There is a choice that has to be made. And that choice, make sure you're not walking down that path. Um, how many people are now residents at Rikers Island because they just went with their friends? Oh, we're just going to have some fun. Oh, he didn't, um, he didn't really mean to steal that Walkman. I mean, it, it, the other guy took it and he gave it to me. Well, uh, you know, they found it on you and the guy that you took it from identified you as the guy that took it out of his pocket and, and you're going to go to jail. But you were only along for the ride. I mean, this is the way things go. And so what we have to be very, very careful of, enter not. Don't go in it. Go not in it. Don't take a step in that direction. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. You as a Christian cannot live in the world with wicked men. You just can't do it. It's going to take you places and you are always going to be at a disadvantage. You know, the most miserable person in the world is a Christian trying to walk in the way of the world. Because they just can't go there all the way. But they try. And you're going to be taken advantage of at every situation. Now we come to the last part of this chapter. And verse 20 starts a new section. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Now, he's, he's saying, listen. I want you to attend. To my words. How many times have you heard somebody say, pay attention? Well, that's what the word attend means. Attend unto my words. Pay attention. Incline thine ear. Do you know, how many of you remember the first time you tried to read your Bible? That was pretty tough now, wasn't it? It's gotten a little easier now, hasn't it? Anybody gotten harder? No. With the Holy Spirit living inside of you, it's easier to read your Bible. But you know what? If you're not careful, you can work yourself away. This idea of incline means to slant so that the natural force will draw you toward that. You have to, you have to incline Slant your ear. You've got to learn to listen to the wise words. It says, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. How do you let them not depart from your eyes? Well, that's real easy. Read them. Just read them. Keep them there. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Set your heart upon God's things. How many of you have met, excuse me, an ambitious person? I mean, they set their heart on something. They, they are going to get it. Right? Most of the time, ambition is not looked upon in a positive light in the Word of God simply because most of our ambition comes from our wicked heart 
that is inclined to the way of the world in these things, but do you see what happens if I incline mine ear unto his sayings? If I keep them in the midst of, the, of, the, of my heart, my ambitions are going to be godly ambitions. This is, this is how you let the Holy Spirit of God write over your personality the things that he wants to put there, the things that he wants you to have. But there is some things that you have to do. Uh, I think it was uh, D.L. Moody that was quoted saying, the world has yet to see what could happen from one life wholly dedicated to the Lord. Now, I have, uh, I, I have a, a tendency to say, we're still waiting. Um, there's a preacher that, well, fairly well known, not in our circles, and of course, I've worked hard to keep pastor personalities out of our church because we just don't need that. But uh, as I was thinking, he just passed away a couple of weeks ago. Never will forget a member of his church. I went to Bible college with him. This was years and years ago. And, and he said, no telling what Dr. So-and-so could have done if he'd ever just surrendered his life to the Lord. Well-known preacher, leader in, in independent Baptist circles, and then he proceeded to tell me some things he shouldn't have told me uh, that proved his point extremely well that Dr. So-and-so was not wholly dedicated to the Lord. Uh, uh, all kinds of crazy things. And, and the issues that went on in that life are not the issue right here. What we're saying is, look what it says. Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. You know, if you just worked on those few verses right there, the rest of your life could be a success serving God. Amen? It is something that God expects you and I to do. There, this is a command that is here. If you want to finish well, let's start out. How many times, if you're old enough to think about this, you found yourself in a mess, and then the next day or the next week you read a Bible verse that dealt with that very issue that you did wrong in. There was the answer. If I only hadn't skipped my Bible reading this day, I'd have had the answer before the problem and not after the problem. Has that ever happened to anybody else? Okay. This is what Solomon is addressing here. He's saying there's some effort that has to be expended. And then some interesting verses as we try to finish up chapter 4 here. It says, For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. There, 
the answers to the problems that we face are in God's Word. But He does not give His best and most wonderful truths to those who are not paying attention. It's an effort that must be expended first before God gives them. You, you want these things. That does not mean that every person is sick, has not paid attention to the word of God. No. What it's saying is life is in the commandments of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. How do we get those words? Well, let's go back and review. Attend, incline, hold on to them, let not thine... uh, let. Let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. This is how you hold on because these things are life. They are health to all their flesh. If we could just grasp the importance of that daily walk with the Lord. The next verse is a verse that is as much spiritual application as it is physical application. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, your heart pumps your blood. Without blood, you're dead. I mean, that's just the way it is. And it says, keep your heart with all diligence, you need to, if, if you want to have a healthy heart, what do you have to do? You have to exercise it. I mean, when I go visiting over to hospitals, I mean, if it's at all possible. Now, if it's the 17th floor, I do take the elevator. But if it's four or five floors, I want to, I want to get a little cardio going up those stairs. Uh, If I visit you in the hospital, I'm out of breath. That's because I took the stairs. Uh, But the Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. You've got to exercise it. But you've got to exercise your heart spiritually as well. Every one of us could give testimony of setting our heart on something that was not in keeping with God's word. Um, how many of you are old enough to remember the stupid song, You Light Up My Life? And uh, somebody said, Pastor, I like that song. Read the words. It was written by a quote-unquote Christian young lady who claims to have written the song to the Lord Jesus Christ. But the end of the words in the end of the song, it can't be wrong when it feels so right. You know what? You never have to say that to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because everything he wants is totally right. By the way, Hollywood made a dirty movie about it. I don't know. It's not filthy, but listen. It doesn't matter what you feel. It matters what the words say. Everything that we have today, all the influence of the world, 
is follow your heart. Your heart knows what's best. No, your heart does not. My heart likes deep fried things. And you'd be surprised how good broccoli and okra and all those things are once they've been deep fried. Amen. And, uh, but let me tell you, you can deep fry yourself right into eternity. Uh, If you don't keep your heart, it's going to love the wrong things. And um, let me just touch on this a little bit. Uh, Several years ago, a preacher in Canada, uh, Brother Stevens, asked me to uh, preach at a fellowship meeting on the transition in his church. He was starting the process of, of... of uh, stepping aside as the pastor. He had been there for about 30 years at that time. And his son, Marty, was going to take over. And and he said, I just want you to preach on on what the Bible says about the transfer. And uh, so what I did was I went to the New Testament. And when God explains his church and wants us to understand about the church, what's the picture that he uses? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, he uses the picture of the human body. Christ is the head of the church. You know, your body does not do anything that its head doesn't tell it to do. You've got to think about it first. Don't give me this, the devil made me do it. No, 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 you thought about it. You chose to do it. But they found some interesting things. When they do a heart transplant, and this is where uh, we're going with this, if you want to take the human body and, and liken it to the church, while well, Christ is the head, he's the mind, he's the controlling entity. Uh, the Bible tells us the members of the church are the sight and the taste and the voice and the hands and the feet and and all of these different things. And I mean, we can get into just an incredible comparison there. Uh, how many times have, over the years, has someone come to me and said, Pastor, did you know so-and-so was saying, uh, we, we had a guy here several years ago, it was inviting people to go to a different denomination church. Some of you might remember that. And I said, you know what, I have no way of knowing all these things unless somebody tells me. And so I actually found this guy at the post office and I cornered him and I said, you're not going to ever do that again. And if I ever catch you doing it again, you're gonna, I'm going to publicly embarrass you because that's not what our church is about. You don't come here and use your relationships with people in the church to influence them in a way that is against what our church teaches. Amen? Amen. But you know what? Just like the white blood cells in your body, if somebody hadn't come and let me know what was going on, couldn't have handled it because he was a sneak. A snake. You know what? He never came back after that. That tells me that his, uh, his reasons for coming were not to learn the scripture, but to get people to follow him. And that's evil, my friend. 
But that's how the church works as a body. And really, the best illustration I come up with, the pastor is basically the heart. So when you change pastors, it's like having a heart transplant. Now, a heart transplant ought not be entered into lightly, my friend. That's a scary operation. And sometimes the transplant is actually doesn't take and it just doesn't work and the patient dies. You only do a transplant as a last resort. But guess what? God wants his church to keep on going. And so there's going to be a necessity of a change in pastors. Now we're getting back to keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Paul Harvey, with a commentator, did uh, a, a series of, of uh, talks on people who had received heart transplants. And all of a sudden, after the heart transplant, they started liking golf. They never have liked it before. And the guy said, what's wrong with me? He said, oh, I just want to play golf, and I've never wanted to play golf before in my life. And did a little research, found out that the donor, the one who had died to give his heart, had loved golf. And this was repeated several times. And the scientists began to do some research to see if there wasn't some part of the heart that was connected deeply to the brain, to that part of the person, and they found out there was. And when they do heart transplants today, they have modified it. They literally cut a certain part of the heart muscle out of the donor heart, and they leave it in. Uh, They don't take the whole heart out of the person who is getting the transplant. And you know what they found out? The new heart, when that is sewn in that certain section... They have less problems with the beating. They don't have, uh, it heals faster. Things move quicker because there's a part of that heart that is hardwired to your soul, we might say. Now, let me tell you something. If you don't keep your heart with diligence, you're going to lose it to the world. This, this is such an incredible verse. People have often said, I, I don't know why my children went wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about that. I mean, we're part of the way through. I mean, we got uh, this fall number five. Uh, no, number, yeah, number five. Uh, moving out of the house. I mean, we're getting close to halfway here. But... Seeing that Jason is not even three yet, we're going to be at this for a little while. But you know what I found out? Your kids are hardwired to your heart. They will like the things you like. And you don't have to tell them. I think I can give the example of Mom Marshall, Mrs. Marshall. One of her daughters ended up in Papua New Guinea. When she was a young teenager, she had surrendered to go to Papua New Guinea. 
She grew up here in New York City, in Queens, in fact, and always wanted to do something in New York City, and her oldest daughter's here in New York City. I think at another time she surrendered to go to Africa, didn't she, as a teenager? And daughter number two is in Africa. I mean, there's lots of things that have happened in the lives of her children that were in her heart before she was even married. There are connections, my friend. You think you can get away with something. You think that you can hide something and nobody will know. Let me tell you something. Your kids know. They will love what you love. They will cherish what you cherish, even if you never say a word to them. This is why Solomon says this first. I mean, we could spend the whole night right here, could we not? Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. I'll tell you, we live in a world where everybody speaks in double language, double entree, entree, uh, however you pronounce that. And uh, the simple truth of the matter is, the Bible says, put away a froward mouth. Don't even, there are certain things you just ought not joke about. It, It is not funny, some of the things that go on. And it says, let thine eyelids look right on, and thine, I mean, thine eyes look right on, and thine eyelids look, look straight before thee. Control what you take in with your eyes. Because you may not show any outward signs, but people are watching what you are looking at. I mean, we go right back to this issue of the heart. You have to put away from these things from you. You have to control what your eyes think about. One of the great ports of temptation is what you look at, what you think about. The Bible says, make sure that you're looking straight. Have you ever met somebody that couldn't look you straight in the face? That's one of the first signs that there's a dishonest issue there with that person. Something isn't right. Uh, they'll tell you that when you're in, and, and we've gone over this in our times together with our workers and things, when you see a child that won't look at you and won't look straight at an adult, you know that there's, there's some problems in that home. You better be careful uh, and, and watch carefully about that. Control thine eyes. It says... Ponder the path of thy feet. When's the last time you just sat down and thought about the places you went and the things you did in the last week? It says ponder 
the path of thy feet. Think about where you are going with your life. Think about where you have been. It says, let all thy ways be established. Get a scripture verse for it. Amen. Uh, Build that direction in your life. It says, turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Set your direction. It doesn't take much deviation to end up way off the mark. How many of you have ever been hiking in the woods? Have you ever tried to take a reading off a compass and walk without a trail and end up where you're supposed to? Anybody ever tried that? I'll tell you, very few people can do it. I'm not one. I mean, I can get out in the woods and I can end up somewhere about where I'm supposed to be. And, and, and I usually find, well, I've always found my way back out to this point. But it sure has taken a lot of effort on some occasions. But see, there's not just an actual step. God's left some things for you and I to investigate. He has not just given you a Bible verse that says you're supposed to marry such and such a person on such and such a day. It's not all written down. He wants us to be able to take the compass and set a direction and end up where we're supposed to end up. You see... When you take a compass and put it on a map, you have to understand something. That map is set to true north, basically the north pole. Your compass is set to magnetic north because it's a magnetic unit. And then you have to go to the deflection table. That's really not what it's called, but that's what it is. And it will tell you where you are, and the amount of degrees that your compass is off reading from what the map says. And then you have to reset your compass or you could end up in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Even though you're following the compass. It takes a lot of effort. By the way, it takes a fairly expensive compass too. And make sure that you're not standing on a pile of iron ore when you make your readings. Because that will affect your compass as well. There's lots to this. And it tells us here that you're to ponder the path of your feet. And one of the problems we always have Well, pastor said it was okay. Well, excuse me, when you stand before God, it's not going to be according to pastor. It's going to be according to the word of God. Don't use me for an excuse. Listen, you've got to get out the compass. You've got to set that direction. And by the way, the Lord has always had men... And 
When I was a member of a church, I could use my compass and the lives of these men to make sure I was heading in the right direction. Now let's ponder the path of our feet. Turn thy foot, turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. You say, but I'm not talking about going to an evil place. What's the Bible say? Whatsoever is not of faith is, is sin. It tells us that we need to follow in the way. We need to think about the path of our feet. We need to let them be established. And you don't have to do great evil to turn your foot into the path of evil. When you know to do right, and you don't do it, it's sin. And this, again, I don't know how else to say it. It's just been a theme in, in my heart, and I, I believe it's something that we just got to get a hold of as a church uh, a little, little more firmly. You're not going to get to this point where everything is just coming up roses and everything is perfect and you never sin and everything is easy to do right. It will never be easy to do right, my friend. It will always require effort to follow the Lord. And there will always be shortcomings as long as you're in human flesh. And so the struggle, the battle must be engaged. And this is how the greatest way we can engage it. It's right here in Proverbs chapter 4. Okay, let's start out with attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto thy saying. Pay attention. Bend your ear in God's direction. When you have God's word, don't let go of it. Let it not depart from thine eyes. Keep it in them in the midst of thine heart. Because that's your life. It is your health. Keep thine heart, thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. That is some pretty serious instruction, is it not? And yet that's only one little part of one chapter of the book of Proverbs. We have such a reservoir of God's instruction. And yet it seems that we always come up short when we try to follow him. Let's, let's pray that God will keep us in his words. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night and we ask that you would uh, help us to see and understand that we'd be able to follow these directions. Lord, when we fail, that we would come right back to you, that we would not delay. 
not allow ourselves to continue down those wrong paths. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And 